0: We've been teaching on the book of Revelation, so we're going to get right to it here. This is part 16. Wow. And we're all the way up to Revelation chapter 6. For the last, I don't know, I think uh, four weeks or so, we have uh, been looking at Revelation 4, Revelation 5. Then last week we started looking at Revelation chapter 6. The word revelation, again, I've said it so many times, it's the Greek word, uh, we, we get the English word apocalypse, apocalypsis, which means an unveiling. And God has literally unveiled the future. If you want to know what's going to happen in the future, the book of Revelation is very clear. And I've said this so many times, but really understand the book of Revelation, just need to have an understanding of God's dealings, His covenant dealings with with his covenant people, the Israelites, his the promises he made to Abraham, the promises he made to uh, uh, in so many ways, and promises he made to uh, to David, and just promises he made to his Old Testament people, and you got to know something of the Old Testament, something of the New Testament, and then uh, and then you can really fully more fully grasp the Book of Revelation. So we've talked about all those things in lessons past, and all that's on the website. So if you missed, uh, I've been doing this for this series for a good while so you can go through our website and you can find all the links to uh to the past lessons and there's a lot to say that i can't re-say so again the notes are there the the uh, audio and video is there and you can keep going uh revelation 4 and i want to i want to use this as just kind of bouncing board because we're gonna we're gonna finish up talking about the seals and so let me explain what i mean by that revelation 4 john actually saw into heaven. And, and he saw the throne of God with a rainbow of colors around it with, uh, with all kinds of angelic beings surrounding the throne of God and, and then there were 24 people called elders that were around God and. And uh, he saw the worship of heaven, he saw the glory of God, and he saw God as the creator, owner, and sustainer of all things. Revelation 4, the whole chapter. Revelation 5, God, John looked back into heaven and he saw God seated on his throne and he had a scroll in his right hand. And that scroll, I submit to you, and I've shared in past lessons, that scroll is literally God's title deed to planet Earth. They had scrolls in Bibles days, not not codex books like we have where you turn the pages. It was a big scroll they rolled out, and that's what was in God's right hand. Um, you know, God created the Earth for us, and for our uh, for His pleasure, we're all created, but God created the earth to be the dwelling place for man. And, you know, you just see just really the heart, the loving father heart of God in just the way he created the earth, how everything sinks together and how, how everything works towards optimum life on this planet. We live in a fallen world, Adam and Eve sinned. And, and they gave they gave the rulership of the earth instead of them being under God and taking care of it. Uh, they gave it, gave it over into the hands of God's archenemy, Satan. And he's, he's now the prince of this world, Jesus said. Paul called him the god of this world, Satan. He's got a legal right to be here, to steal, kill, destroy. And And the news of Revelation is Jesus is coming back as the lion, of the tribe of Judah and, and God's going to reclaim the earth for himself and clean it back up and, and make it the pristine environment it was before Adam and Eve ever sinned. And that's what's in that scroll on God's right hand. That scroll has seven seals on it. And before the scroll, and in the scroll, it's written on front and back. The scroll is in God's right hand standing for God's overarching authority over all things. And, and inside that scroll I want to submit is the rest of the book of Revelation. And unless those seals are broken, the, the, things, the things in the rest of the book, the things on the scroll can't be fulfilled. So, so that scroll's got to be opened by a person who has the authority to bring to pass what's, what happens when the seals are broken and what happens when the scroll is unrolled their trumpet judgments the bible talks about in the book of revelation beginning with revelation 8 then there are bold judgments and all those have to do with god cleansing the earth of all the contaminants all of the sin elements satan himself will be placed in a place called the bottomless pit to be and then will be let loose be judged and will be eventually cast into the lake of fire ahead of us is the new heavens and the new earth ahead of us is eternity of of eternities with god ahead of us is the The New Jerusalem that the Bible says will come down out of heaven, and it will it will exist midway somewhere between heaven and earth, a a, a city fifteen hundred mile cube of the glory of God, where the where we will uh, we will go to and fro, perhaps through eternity in the new heavens and new earth. All of that's in the Book of Revelation, and how God cleans this up, and and how He kicks Satan out, and judges all of the wrongs of the ages. All of that's in that scroll. And the only person worthy to open that scroll is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in Revelation chapter 6, we started looking. Last week, Jesus took that scroll out of God's right hand, one at a time, began to open, those seals are broken. And every time a a seal is broken, something happens. And that's where we are. We looked at at five of the seals yesterday. We're going to look at only one today. But to do that, I really, and, and sometimes... When you teach these kinds of things, you need to go back over it again. So let me share some things really quickly that I shared last week. And just to, just to refresh memory, you know, just so you can see uh, just what the Bible says. And how I also want to mention that um, last week we started with uh, Revelation chapter 6. And that is the breaking of the seals on the outside of the scroll in God's right hand. And, and that sets into sequence. Uh, that sets a sequence of events into operation that that will bring Jesus back the second time. That's exciting to me. I hope it is to you. <clears throat> and let me just also say, that it looks like <clears throat> it looks like sooner rather than later, Jesus is coming back. And everybody's got questions right now. Well, what about this uh, thing we're in right now, the lockdown worldwide? Is this part of a a second coming of Christ? No, no, I don't think so. I I think it's separate from that. What I do think, and I've said this many times, I'll say it again. It's a dry run. It's a preparation. It's kind of a a bell. It's a signal saying, get yourself ready. Uh, Things are not going to be the way they were at any time in the past. Things are going to begin to change. They're going to begin to change rapidly. So you say, well, that's kind of scary. Well, if you know God and He's our shepherd... And he takes care of us and he watches over us. I was reading the Old Testament this morning in my personal devotions. The, the kings of the Old Testament, they were called shepherd kings. The Israelite kings were called shepherd kings because, because they, they were supposed to love their people like God loves us. And he's our shepherd. He's going to watch over you regardless of what comes. So it looks like this is just simply a dry run. That's what I believe. For things that are to come, Jesus is coming back. I've said that all my life. And every generation of believers since the time that Jesus was raised from the dead and the church age began have believed that they're the people that will see the Messiah return. I have believed that in my lifetime. However, now it seems like there's a speeding up of, of a sequence of events that are probably going to begin to occur very rapidly. If you know what the Bible says, and we've talked about it, some of these things in this series. If you know what the Bible says what, about what the world will look like just before Jesus returns, in an uncanny way things are lining up. So if you don't know the Lord, this is the time to get to know him. He loves you. He's not angry with you because of what you've, where you've been and what you've done. He loves you. And he placed his anger because of our disobedience on his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says Jesus was made our wrongs. Jesus was made our sin. So the good news, if you're watching and you don't know the Lord, God will forgive you. God will cleanse you. And when God forgives, he acts towards you just like you never did anything wrong. He completely forgives you, makes you a brand new person, erases your entire past. Jesus called it being born again, just like a newborn baby has no past. You have no past. In fact, this is really odd. I don't ever do this, but you know what? You're watching and and you say, well, you know, I I know I'm wrong and I know I'm not in fellowship with God and I want to know. I'm concerned. I'm bothered by me. I'm bothered by who I am. If you'll pray with me, Jesus will change your life. You're watching right now, and, and God's been dealing with you for some time. If you'll bow your knee to Jesus, humble yourself. Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He will lift you up. If you'll humble yourself. The Bible, the Bible term for humbling is repent. If we repent of where we've been, what we've been doing that we know is wrong, the word repent means I changed my mind about how I've been living life and what I've been doing. And I acknowledge that I'm wrong. That's repentance. And to be saved, we must first of all acknowledge that we're sinners. The Bible says all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We show, fall short of God's standards for living. So if you're, you're watching right now and you say, well, I just want to know that I'm going to heaven and that things are okay with me and I want to know that my past is free. Would you pray with me just right now? I know it's in the middle. I ain't even started teaching yet, but I feel the Lord's dealing with you. And he loves you so, so deeply. I was was almost 18. (laughs) It still breaks me up when I found out that God wasn't angry with me about my sin. He placed all of my sin. I was smoking pot, doing drugs. And I found out God wasn't mad. I felt like I was the black sheep of my family. When I found out he would love me and forgive me, I can't tell you What an attraction that was to think that I could get over the guilt of my past. And you're watching right now and you want to be over the guilt. You can't be. I feel what you feel. That's why I'm crying. If you'll pray with me. God will forgive your sin. The Spirit of God is on you. That feeling that you feel is conviction. You say, but it makes me feel so... Undone, so wrong, yeah, that's what conviction does. Isaiah the prophet, God appeared to him and he said, woe is me. He says, I'm undone, I'm a man of unclean lips and that's what happens. The Holy Spirit's in the room where you are, sir, ma'am, teenager. He's calling for your life. If you'll pray with me, Jesus will forgive you and cleanse you. Pray with me. The Apostle Paul said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. You say that's it? You just got to believe. You got to give yourself away. You got to give your will to Him. I did that just before I was 18. Best thing I've ever done in my life. It's been a great life. Not a perfect life, but a great life. God's been good. And He wants to be good to you. Right where you are, hit your knees. Right in your, I don't care where you're at. If you're in a car, stop the car. If you're walking, get off the trail a minute here. Get on your knees. Pray with me. Pray with me out loud. Pray, dear God, I'm wrong. I've sinned and I'm sorry. Pray it out loud with me. That's right. Say, Father, I ask you to forgive me. For every sin that I have ever committed until today. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive every sin. Make me as though i would never done wrong. I give my life to you. Come into my life and change me. I give myself to you. In Jesus' name. You say, that's it? You can't work for this thing, y'all you got to give yourself to Him. Thank you for praying with me. Read your Bible, pray. God's got some grand things for you. Churches, open up. Find a local church and go to it. Come online, find a church like this. And when it just teaches the Bible, you'll grow spiritually. And uh, thank you for praying. Let us know that you did on our website. We have a Connect card. Let us know that that you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. Info at Raleigh.com. Would you let me know? Because I'd like to pray for you. And I'll believe God for, for Him to help you in your life every day beginning today. Glory Amen. to God. Well, That's for somebody I don't know. Please let me know that you prayed with me. So anyway, we're, we're looking at Revelation chapter 6. And Jesus is about to break the seals on that scroll in God's right hand. Let's just read this and we'll make some comments. And then we'll go to, we'll go to that sixth seal, which is, is when the rapture of the church occurs. It's going to be interesting. To watch this. Now I saw verse 1. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, Revelation 6, 1, and heard one of the four living creatures saying, With a voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer then verse 3, when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see another horse. Fiery red went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that the people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. And then verse 5, when he opened the third seal, I heard the living creature say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hands. Verse 6, and I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius or a day's wage. And three quarts of barley for a day's wage, denarius. And do not harm the oil and the wine. Verse 7, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, um, saying come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse, a green horse. And the name of, of him who sat on it was death. And Hades followed uh, with him, and power was given them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. Then verse 9, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then, a, a verse 11, then a white robe was given to each of them and would have said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of, the, of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. And so, again, we, we looked at that in fair detail last week, that breaking of the first seal, that rider on a white horse comes out, that is Antichrist. We mentioned this last week. How, would he, how do we know when these seals begin to be broken, the telltale sign is found in Dan- Daniel nine twenty seven. Daniel, uh, God told the prophet Daniel verse twenty seven of Daniel nine that that this person that that John calls in First John Antichrist, he's going to make a, some kind of a treaty, a covenant with Israel, and that signifies a beginning of a seven year period. Uh, God showed Daniel seventy weeks of seven or four hundred ninety years of Israel's uh, future from Daniel's time. Um, uh, on um, up until the end 483 of those years or 69 weeks of seven years each has already been fulfilled there's seven years of time left that uh, that that the, that we call the tribulation time typically it's really daniel's 70th week and what starts that time clock once that clock begins ticking seven years later jesus returns Well, what starts that that clock ticking is somebody in the Middle East is going to make a treaty. In fact, that word covenant uh, in the King James or or, um, uh, other translations, I think, say uh, agreement. I think New Living Translation says that. I looked up the word covenant again in the Hebrew. It could be translated a compact, a covenant, a league, an alliance, a plague, an agreement, a treaty. Or an ordinance, so so you know I, I don't. We don't know what that's going to be. We we don't exactly know the nature of it. We can say we do, but we really don't. Uh, I think when it happens, I, I think those that have an ear tuned to the Lord and to His Word, I think we're going to be aware that that something has just happened between Israel and the adversarial nations around them. I think it'll become obvious to obvious to spiritually attuned believers that something has just occurred. Once that occurs. That signifies that first seal being broken, and then a sequence of events begins to occur. I want to submit that to you. That's the first seal. Breaking of the second seal is a rider on a red horse, and that depicts a war coming to the earth. So uh, this, this man comes, Antichrist comes on a white horse as a man of peace, but in his heart there is war, wars, conflicts. Ethnic conflicts break out all over the place. Jesus breaks the third seal. We looked at this last week. A rider on a black horse appears. Famine and inflation uh, because of the scarcity of food, because of war and famine, uh, begins to uh, break out on the earth. And so, again, uh, the breaking of the fourth seal. A rider on a pale green horse appears and depicts disease and death, spread because of war and the sepsis that comes from human bodies you know we 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 bury the bodies of the deceased we do that on purpose because you know uh it causes disease if they're left out and with war with so many people that die sometimes in war and the bodies are just left on the battlefield that can cause horrible sepsis horrible disease and so the one of the one of the after effects of war breaking out uh is is that disease will will come in full force. The fifth seal is broken, and that reveals martyrs that have died because of their faithfulness to Jesus. In fact, you know, we're to witness for Jesus. That Greek word for witness in the New Testament is where we get our word martyr. It's really unusual. That is a person who has given their whole self to the Lord, and they love well, not their lives to death. That's the way we're supposed to be, y'all. And so... Uh, this fifth seal. This really is when the Antichrist, who has made some kind of a compact, some kind of agreement, some kind of a treaty with Israel, uh, three and a half years into that, he does what a man in history named Antiochus Epiphanes did in one sixty seven BC. He desolated the Jewish temple. He 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 committed what the Bible terms the abomination of desolation that he went into the Jewish temple. Uh, sacrificed a pig, which is an unclean animal for Jews. Then he placed a a pagan uh, temple god in the Jewish temple where they should worship God. And he he, uh, committed sacrilege in the temple, the abomination of desolation. The Jewish temple evidently this agreement that, that this person makes with Israel, they're going to rebuild their temple, and then just like this man in 167 BC did, Antiochus Epiphanes, he's going to do a similar thing. He's going to desecrate the rebuilt Jewish temple, and he's going to turncoat on on the Jews, and and instead of being nice to them, he's going to try to kill them. And so there will begin to be a mass slaughter of Jews and Christians, mass persecution. Uh, On a scale that's never been seen before during this time. And and I want to read about that. I mentioned this last week. I'm going to read and then we'll get right to the the sixth seal. But I just want to set it up well. So the fifth seal, once it's broken, it says, uh, Matthew 24, 10. Many will be offended and will betray one another, hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many again. This is during the time of the Antichrist being on earth, and it's a time of uh, challenge, it's a time of deception, Uh, it's a time of anger. People don't like one another, and they don't care that you know they don't like them. Uh, And then verse 12 says, "...because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved." And then verse 14 is interesting, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come." Now, we preach the gospel of the grace of God today. But Jesus said here, this gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel of the kingdom? Listen to this. The gospel of the kingdom includes that Jesus' blood saves you from sin, that Jesus died, that he was buried, that he rose from the dead, and faith in him will save you from your sin but the gospel of the kingdom also includes an addendum which is Jesus is also coming back again. And when he comes back again, he's going to right every wrong and he's going to bring justice to the earth And he's going to cleanse the earth of its impurities. That's the gospel of the kingdom. There's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. And we're going to enter into eternity with God. And we're going to be what God called us to be when he first created us on the earth. That is, my friend, the gospel of the kingdom. And Jesus said, that's going to be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. And then verse 15, what I just mentioned, he said, Jesus said, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, again, this is Matthew 24, which is a parallel sister chapter to Revelation 6, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand, verse 16, then let those, and then he speaks to Jews who were there in the Middle East, there in Israel, And and he talks about the challenges that they'll face during the reign of this man. This uh, this man that is termed by the Bible the Antichrist. It says, "Then let those verse sixteen those who are in Judea flee to the mountains." Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his, his uh, clothes. But woe to those who were pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. That is, they have to flee. They have to flee rapidly. They have to get out of there because this man who was a peaceful person suddenly is turned against them. And they got to run for their lives. And so, they, you know, uh, babies, you got to carry stuff, you know. you got to carry, you know, clothing and all this stuff. Take care of your baby. He said, man, well, if you're pregnant, you're going to have a hard time. You don't walk as fast when you're pregnant. you got all this extra stuff to carry. He said, woe to those again who are pregnant and who are nursing babies in those days and pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath for then. And then Jesus said, will be great tribulation. Such has not been since... The beginning of the world until this time, no, nor shall ever be. Now, that's, that's where people get the word tribulation. This is called, Jesus called it, the great tribulation. The Bible says nothing, really. It's a misnomer. It's a misuse of words. The Bible never calls that 70-year period that God revealed to Daniel the tribulation. We do, but the Bible doesn't call it that. So I'm going to mention that name that term, just because it's used so commonly. And if I say the tribulation, people know what I'm talking about, generally speaking. Know that that time period, that seven-year period is Daniel's 70th week. It starts out with the breaking of these seals. It, it, it starts out with that. It starts out with birth pangs, uh, Matthew 24, 4 through 8. And, and then when the Antichrist turn coats on Israel and he desecrates the temple again, Jesus said that will signify the great tribulation or great period of, of excessive difficulty, excessive hard times. And Jesus turned it great, termed it great tribulation. And he said, uh, and he goes on to say here, unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. And the flesh he's referring to there is Jews and Christians who are here who suddenly are in the eyesight of the Antichrist, and he wants to do them harm. So, uh, you know, he's not going to bother people that are listening to him and living lawlessly. No, he's, he's, got this, uh, he's got this vendetta against Christians and Jews, and it becomes a very, very difficult time for them. And so Jesus said, unless those days are shortened no flesh. No saved flesh would, would, would be salvaged. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. The elect's sake, those are believers And then also Jews. He said, for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. Verse 24, for false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect see I've told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say, so deception. And uh, y'all, it's uncanny now. How much you see and hear and read That is not true. And if you're not a discerning person, the things you hear, you don't know if they're right or wrong. I'm amazed at how many people believe things that simply aren't true. You know, the the ability to discern the false from the true comes from knowing God through His Word And by having a relationship with the Holy Spirit and without a relationship with the Holy Spirit and without a relationship with the God of this book called the Bible and without understanding the Bible, we can be easily deceived. We are living right now in a day of tremendous deception, but during this time, it's going to be even that much worse. And so, boy, it really pays now to know God. Because God will give you a discerning heart, a discerning mind, and we can understand the false from the true. So he says, um, again, false Christ, verse 24, false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, I say to you, look, he is in the desert. Don't go out. Look, he's in the inner rooms. Don't believe it. Then he says, verse 27, for as the lightning comes from the east, And flashes to the west, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. That it's going to be quick, going to be rapid. And uh, before you know it, it's here. And then verse 28, for wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. And that, again, is a reference to the deceptive times and the nefarious activities that, that that will be going on during that time. And then, and then, so I want to go back. Uh, I want to go back to Revelation chapter six. All that's under under that fifth seal, and again Matthew twenty four nine through what is that twenty eight parallels the 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 the, uh, fifth seal there. In Revelation chapter six, so let's go back to Revelation chapter six. Now look, let's look at the sixth seal again. You got the scroll one, two, three, four, five. You got two more seals to break. Here's the sixth seal, and that's found in Revelation chapter six, verse twelve. I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake. Now watch this: the sun became. As uh, became like blo- uh, uh, as black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth. I'm gonna change to New Living Translation here. Uh, uh, like green figs falling from a tree shaken by a strong wind. It's in your notes. The sky was rolled up like a scroll. Verse 14, and all of the mountains and islands were moved, moved from their pra- places. This is a catastrophic earthquake that changes the contour of planet earth. And so he says again, uh, verse 15, Then everyone, now watch this, the kings of the earth, the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the powerful, every slave and free person all hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains and cried to the mountains and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb for great, the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to survive? So here's a cataclysmic activity that occurs when the sixth seal is broken on the scroll in God's right hand. We call it cosmic disturbances occur. Now this again is mentioned in, by Jesus. In Matthew chapter twenty-four, again, it's a sister chapter to Revelation six. Look at verse twenty-nine of Matthew twenty-four. Same thing is talking about exactly the same event. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, "Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the heaven, the powers of the heavens will be shaken." Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all of the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the, to the other. And so again, these cosmic disturbances were... We're mentioned there in in Revelation chapter six, with the breaking of the sixth seal. This actually begins what the Bible terms and I mentioned this several weeks ago terms the day of the Lord or the wrath of God that is poured out on the on the sinfulness of man and and uh, uh, on Satan and all of his entourage and it's called the day of the Lord again this is a, this is a specific time in the future where god 's wrath occurs now let me i got a few things to say this 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 is the beginning it's not quite into into uh the day of the lord the day of the lord literally starts with the breaking of the seventh seal we'll look at that you know maybe a couple of times from now revelation chapter 8 it's almost here but it's setting up a time for the wrath of god to come and this is the time that i believe the scriptures reveal that the church will be removed from the Earth, what Jesus told us there, and his disciples there, in Matthew 24:29 through 31, many people believe that is the second coming of Christ. I don't see it that way, and, and let me say, while I teach this, I, I, I understand that some of you listening may not agree with some of the things that I share or my views on some things, and that's OK. If if we'll just agree, just to listen to one another, you don't have to believe me or even agree with me. But I do ask you, hear me out, because that may be different than what you've learned, what you've taught. You know, I've I've had Bible school subjects on these on these lessons, and and over the years, I've just seen things a little bit differently than I've taught for twenty five years. I've taught this for about ten years. For twenty five years, I taught it a different way. But I believe this signals the rapture of the church. So there are those, and I was taught that. You know, the rapture is an imminent event. That is, there are no Bible prophecies to be fulfilled. It could happen instantaneously at any time. And that is taught primarily in America, the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. And when I say that, I can hear some people going, that's right. That's, well, you know, I did that I preached that and believed that. Most, most of my life as a Christian uh, over over thirty five years as a Christian, I believe that because that 's what I was taught. But as I begin to study, I begin to see it just a little bit differently, and uh, i don't see anywhere in scripture i can 't find any scripture to clarify that the rapture occurs before the seven years that people typically call the tribulation, which is really Daniel's seventieth week. It, nowhere in the Bible is that called the tribulation and, and people that believe that the rapture of the church occurs before the Antichrist is revealed. They believe that because they believe what I've believed most of my life, and, which is that whole time is God's wrath. That whole seven-year period is not God's wrath if we read the Bible carefully. That first three and a half years or, or maybe even a little more than that, that, that first part of that, that's the, that's the wrath of man. It's the Antichrist persecuting believers, stirring up war and trouble all over you know, at least the Middle East and, and maybe the whole world. We'll find out soon enough, perhaps. But, but again, only the last part of that seven-year period where the Bible talks about the day of the Lord. That's the wrath of God. And the Bible does say that we are immune from the wrath of God I mean I mentioned this last week 1st Thessalonians 5 9 Romans 5 9 God's not appointed us to wrath because Jesus took God's anger because of our disobedience and sin when he went to the cross died and rose from the dead and so that's the reason that we're not destined to receive the wrath of God because Jesus took it for us we're immune from the wrath of God but we are not nowhere in the Bible says that we are immune from persecution. And the first few years of this seven-year period, this is the persecution of man. I mentioned this last week. There are believers all over the world who, who literally lay their lives on the line every day to share the gospel, to preach the gospel, to say I'm a believer because they're in portions of the earth where other religions reign. And some of these are very mean and cruel and, uh, and and they know they could literally give their lives if they say, I am a believer, and they refuse to agree with an ideology that is that is enforced in that part of the world. People are that happens all the time. There are martyrs all over the world today. Who are we to say in America that we're immune, that we're immune from the wrath of man? I think it's the height I mentioned last week. I'm gonna say it is the height of arrogance. To say that I'll never receive persecution. I mean, Paul told Timothy, all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. If I'm not being persecuted in some way, then I'm probably in love with the world. I'm probably in love with myself. I'm probably not seeking first the kingdom of God because if I am it's gonna put me in crosshairs with the rest of my culture And if I'm not if I'm absorbing my culture and my culture doesn't bother me Then something's wrong with me and I've stopped being the salt and light that jesus has called me to be This is a wake-up period y'all We're right in the middle of it no, the wheat jesus talked about the wheat and the weeds There's a lot of weeds in the body of christ a lot of people who say they're gods, they're living like the world. And you know what? Jesus is saying, come out from among them and separate yourself. And so, you know, again, you know, the wrath of God comes, the latter part, and we don't know how long that is, so, so count it out. One, two, three and a half years. During this seven-year period. And then the Antichrist turncoats on Israel and Christians. The abomination of desolation in the Jewish temple. And then we don't know how long that time period is. Where Jesus called it the Great Tribulation. And then Jews and Christians are persecuted. I mean, par none. There's nothing to, to equate it with in all of church history. And then Jesus said, unless those days are short and no believers and no Jews would be saved. But because of them... It's shortened. So three and a half years into it, the Antichrist, full force, terrible persecution, many martyrs, uh, many people will give their lives for Jesus. We don't know how long that time period is. So you count three and a half years when he finally, when he finally turns, the Antichrist turns. How long is it going to, is it going to be a year? Is it going to be two years? We, we don't know that. Um, so, so once, once that peace, think about this this way. Once that peace treaty, whatever it is, agreement, treaty, alliance with Israel, is, is made by this man the Bible turns Antichrist, and, and they have some kind of alliance together. Uh, the cl- start, clock starts ticking. Three and a half years into it again, the, the Jewish temple's desecrated, and he turncoats, and then... So, so you got a little bit more time past that, and it's shortened. What shortens it? Cosmic disturbances. The sun darkens. The moon darkens. The stars don't give their light. And it's a telltale sign of what? That the rapture is about to occur. Now, the many that are watching me say, well, I've never been taught that. No, I hadn't either. I've read my Bible a lot, but I don't know how I just read over it. No, you know, it's not a signless rapture. This is the sign. Get yourself ready. Jesus is coming back to pick us out of the earth and take us away from, from the wrath of God that comes when that last seal is broken on the scroll in God's right hand, and the wrath of God is poured out with the trumpet judgments. We'll talk about it in the future, y'all. This is this is amazing that God even shared this with us. So again, this uh, this um, this time when the cosmic disturbances occur, that's again the telltale sign. This shocked me, y'all. I mean, I I sat in my office. And read these things so much. And I literally just sat there in my chair astounded, in awe, wept. And I thought, I love the sun. I love its bright light. It's going to be darkened. I I don't like that. I love to go outside and see that full moon or that crescent moon. I love to go outside. As a little boy I would lay down on the ground it's the early 60s we're in the country there's no man-made light outside no light lights and the milky way was incredible i love the stars but one day they will their their luster will be lost and they will darken you wake up one morning and the sun's not as bright as it ought to be and there's not a cloud in the sky you go to bed that night you walk outside before you go to bed and the moon's just man what happened to the moon not shining like it should what's wrong and there's no cloud in the sky and there's no smoke in the sky and then you look at the stars and they've lost their twinkle what does that tell you <laughs> get ready your redemption's coming near jesus is about to come back that's a su- now that's gonna scare the bejeebies out of people that don't know the lord they'll hide in caves they'll say mountains earthquakes are i mean crazy things begin to happen during this time it's a telltale sign for us. Get yourself ready and, and keep things loose, because nothing's going with you. Gravity's going to lose its hold, and we're going up, guys. Isn't that exciting? So uh, anyway, uh, I'm not going. I don't have time in the notes. There are Isaiah 13, Joel 2, Joel 3, uh, Acts 2. All of these scriptures talk about the cosmic disturbances that are that are coming just before the rapture of the church. And that is the sign. I want you to get it. Listen. The the cosmic disturbances, Revelation 6, Matthew 24, all these other passages, are a sign that the wrath of God is about to be poured out and that Jesus is snatching the church out of here in the rapture. The rapture comes from a Latin word, which, uh, which just means to remove and uh, to snatch away, and uh, we're going to be caught up before, and so we will miss the wrath of God. Now, this will shock you. We will not miss the wrath of man. God wants us to get ready for that. The earth will become a difficult place to live in during this time period, and I think we're right on the edge of it. In fact, in fact, listen to this. We're so, we're so on the edge of it that the Middle East is uncannily being prepared right now. And, uh, you know, for instance, I'll just give you, for instance, and I can't go far with this, but to say, you know, um, uh, Israel had their elections last, fall, last spring, and it's been a year Netanyahu won by a very, very brief, small margin. And he wasn't able, the way they do their politics, wasn't able to, to foment a, a real strong conservative government he wanted because he didn't win by a very large margin it's been a year and finally he's he's going to be able to put together it just happened the last couple of weeks last week or so he's able to put together a coalition of uh, people that agree with him and his policies and so he's going to be able to govern again and 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 you know what's happening They're they're looking right now to uh to work out a plan for the palestinians to have a state that they've never had a state in history it's never happened but they're going to work out a Palestinian state with a little bit of land that Israel has uh, in a couple of places in Israel. I'm not going to get into detail on it. And, and when that happens, and whoever is the person that is able to make an alliance, or an agreement, a treaty, whatever you want to call it with Israel and, and, their, and, the, and their enemies around them, once that happens, y'all, this stuff is this stuff's going to come to pass. So we're very, very close. That could happen. That could happen this year. It could happen in a few months. We just don't know. I think when it does happen, we'll know it. I'm just saying all this, it's time to get ready. And the thing we need to be looking for is for Jesus to come back. Before he comes back, I mean, the Bible shares very clearly that, 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 that there's going to be a tremendous move of the Holy Spirit. And I just have the sense that what we're facing right now is God getting us ready. He's getting our priorities in order. I mean, let's get real. A lot of us, we've become self-satisfied, stagnant spiritually. We're not seeking first the kingdom of God. We're seeking, seeking first the kingdom of me. God wants He's. I mean, you know, it's all the way down to you can't go to your favorite restaurant. Well, hello, I don't like it either. But you know what I hear God saying? Get yourself ready. Detach yourself from everything that you think you've got to have because all you really need is me. That's what God's saying. How many hear me? Oh, my. I got all these scriptures, and I've had all this stuff to say, and they're in my notes. I've got several passages here. I will t- we'll cover them next time, and I'll, I want to cover the rapture of the church very well. I can't do it justice tonight because of the information I needed to share, but 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 15, John 14, Jesus even talked about the rapture when he said, when everything is ready, verse 3, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. What is him coming to get us? The rapture of the church he's coming back y'all first thessalonians 5 1 through 9 it talks about the day of the lord coming and uh and 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 the fact that god's not appointed us to wrath the day of the lord is the wrath of god that's coming read the passage and we'll cover this next time very 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 clearly, and I'll talk about the rapture of the church, and just kind of kind of magnify that. In fact, in Matthew, I'm sorry, in Revelation chapter seven, there's a parenthesis before God. Jesus opens that seventh seal, and that parenthesis is 144,000 Jews, twelve thousand from each of the tribes of Israel, and and God kind of kind of finds a way spiritually to inoculate them so that they don't die. During this day of the Lord, they'll be involved in. And then the latter part, and we'll look at it next time. Revelation 7, guess what? There is a, there is a multitude of people that, that, that John cannot count. He's never seen that many people. In fact, if you think about the history of the population of the world, there has never in history, up until John's day, ever been that many people on earth, and he sees them in heaven. That is the raptured saints, robed in white, worshiping God after the rapture. Why? God takes us off the earth before the day of the Lord, before the wrath of God falls because we've not been appointed under wrath. And when the wrath falls, we're in heaven, worshiping God, loving Him, honoring Him. And then when Jesus comes back the second time, He comes back and He brings us with Him and we help Him rule for a thousand years. Y'all, eyes not seen. Ear has not heard. It's not even entered into the heart of man what God's prepared for them that love him. I don't know about you. That excites me. Uh, If I can be real, yeah, it's a little bit precarious and scary to think that the world's not going to continue. The way it has been. And let me just tell you what I've been dealing with recently. I have a, I read years ago, I, I read constantly and I forgot where I read this, but this author mentioned this term, and you can look, go Google this term, normalcy bias. A normalcy bias is what most human beings have, and, and that's what kind of keeps us sane. And, and it gives you, like 2 Peter They said during Peter's day Where is the promise of his coming For all things continue as they have been Up until now Who's to say things are going to change And what I've been wrestling with recently Is is, okay I've been pastoring this church for 25 years I've been in ministry since 1981 I've been been walking with God Most all of my adult life Since I was almost 18 And we've been doing life a certain way And, And God you're meaning to tell me That things are changing And maybe we'll never get completely back to normal. That's hard for for my mind to accept. Because I like a lot of the things that I've been doing and living. They're not sin. I just like them. But God is getting us out of our comfort zone. That's what's happening right now. So what if it never returns to normal? Can I be satisfied with Jesus? Can I let Him work through me? Well, see, I'm working personally through the aggravation of that. Susan bears the brunt of it (laughs) because sometimes I'm so aggravated. I say, I don't like this. I don't like it. Well, you know what? That's my flesh crying out. And it's God showing me, Mitch, you need to detach. You need to have nothing before me. And that's what He's saying to me. And friend, that's what He's saying to you. Life as we know it, It's going to change before Jesus returns. And and I'm telling you, this planet's going uh, going to be lit up with some terrible things. I don't like to say that, but at the same time, God always makes a way for His people. God always provides for His people. God's going to provide food, water, shelter, everything we need because He promised to. Because He's our shepherd. So be encouraged. Yeah, difficult times are ahead, but you know what? He's the God that wins the battle. And He's given us the victory. Nay, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through Him that loved us. The promises of God are yes and amen. That's what He says. So through thick and thin, regardless of what comes, nay, in all these things, we make it. We're overcomers. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So what I say when I read this is, is, is God let it happen. And just direct my steps, prepare me, And make me ready for the things to come. Friend, I want to encourage you. Life as we know it, I'm telling you, challenging things are coming to the world. And uh, I'm not going to prophesy about what it's going to look like or when, but I'm just saying it's coming. And and see, Jesus has loved us enough to show us it's coming so we can get ready. So, Father, I just pray for all of us and every person that's, uh, that's listening that the grace of God that the grace of God would come into where we're living right now and enable us to internally make the adjustments on the inside that we need to make with what we value, with what we have to have. And help us to get to the point that we are able to say what Paul said. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives here. Lord, let the grace of God be on every person listening. In Jesus' name.